Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune in to Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Greetings, Earthlings. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Dr. McKellar. <laughs> I just think I'm so hilarious sometimes, and I'm so not. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Mar- Marvin, maybe we, we had too many Easter eggs, right? <laughs> Go ahead. A few too many. A few too many. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. And well, we just wanted to, yes, ma'am, we just wanted to welcome you all to Marvelous Monday and to Blog Talk USA. You can find us at blogtalkusa.com or blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa. And that's how you can find us. You can also find us in podcast form on iTunes, Stitcher, and Apple Radio. It's Blog Talk USA and Marvelous Monday under that banner. So, with that all being said, welcome. Everybody, greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to <laughs> Marvelous Monday. Here is your host, Dr. Me Thomas. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Miss Rihanna. I just heard from uh, uh, Dr. Hagney, and he says, is there any show tonight? And so I said, yes, we'll be there. Just give us a few minutes. We had too many Easter eggs. We had too much Easter. But at any rate, greetings yeah. and happy holidays, everybody. Hope that everybody had an amazing, amazing weekend. Um, Good Friday, Resurrection Day, all of the uh, things that went on during the weekend, and uh, it was it was actually a great weekend. We had lots and lots of fun seeing the children running around out there collecting uh, the eggs. I mean, they were so visible. It was so funny. Uh, the children were chasing down the eggs and they were rolling down the hill and going everywhere. It was just cute as a bug in a rug. So, hope you had a great oh. Easter, Miss Rihanna. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. We sure did. I'm glad to hear you did, too. And Mr. Arthur and Dr. Hackney are on with us as well. Okay, great, great. Okay, very, very good. Uh, and Mr. Arthur, very, very good. Well, how are you doing, Dr. Hackney and Mr. Arthur? Oh, blessed. Just blessed. <laughs> exactly. So how was your Easter? I know you had company to come in for the holiday. Hey, I'm coming in. Um, my great great grandson came in, and I tell you, he just had a ball here in the country. You know, I I guess being released from the city. There you <laughs> go. He was collecting. He was collecting all. He was collecting leaves off the trees and on the eggs. And I tell you, he I tell you, he was he was he was blessed to be in the country. Isn't that nothing like the good old countryside of East Texas, where Mr. Arthur originated from as well. So how about you, Mr. Arthur? How was your holiday? We had a great family day, and uh, 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 I hadn't been that close to a colored egg in a while, so I ate it. That's good. <laughs> that's really great. Well, we had a great time on Sunday for um, 
uh, Easter Soul Food Sunday, and we had lots of people in. You know, most people actually uh, have company and prepare a big dinner, but there are lots of people that just don't cook like they used to, right? And so they That's go right. out to eat. So we, the restaurant was filled with, with people, and so we say thanks to all of those constituents that came in uh, to share Easter Sunday with us, Easter dinner with us, I should say. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. So, um so, yes, well, we're ready to actually get down into our show. And, Dr. Hagney, if you would give us a, a brief update on COVID-19. Uh, I, I am boosted up, uh, Dr. Hagney. I went and got my second boost, and so I am real good to go. But uh, tell us how things are going. I even sat next to somebody, of course, without my, with my mask off, but then they are all boosted up as well. So, um, so we'll see what happens here. But go ahead uh, and, and, and brief us a little bit. That is, yeah, that is that is great <laughs> news. Uh, but I like, yes, to, I like to uh, I, I like to really emphasize first off. Uh, and of course, I, I want to uh, let everybody know that a lot of this information I get based is from Kaiser Health News, right? And which right. is an excellent outlet source, and which I send to all my task force people. Almost on a daily basis. Yes, but there's, you do. There's, there's, yes, you do. <laughs> there is a, a portion about this whole um, vaccine. I, I don't want to start off emphasizing. First of all, uh, you know, the choice of the government and state groups are saying uh, choose your own COVID adventure. Boosters, mass decision left up to the public. Definitely. Now, when you, yeah, when you have to stop and think and breathe that, a system that has failed in public health education failure, now telling people who they failed to educate in public health how to wash your hand, why you should need to wash your hand, all those other factors. Now they're leaving <laughs> the decision about boosters and up to that group. They failed the train. That's, that's amazing. But what I want to mention here is that we want to talk about the group that's really in danger. People say about the numbers that are going down and everything. Let's talk about the individuals who are really at, at prone here. We're talking about the individuals who, uh, who first of all, may not make really work on their first booster. Uh, they're yeah. the immune, uh, like uh, the immune compromised individuals. They're the individuals mm-hmm. who are um, to a handicap. The handicap agents mm-hmm. are really pulling their hair out about these new guidelines. So there are so many mm-hmm. people that are left out there who are not covered, and we need to talk about that percentage who are really trying to get their first booster. Because a lot of that is talking about the people who can afford, who can get, get their boosted and everything. But very little is said about those individuals who, who are immune compromised and, and all those all those positions. So I just want to emphasize yeah. uh, that group because they're, they're really not included in all these numbers. I also want to mention that Hawaii Laboratory detected the case of the uh, Omicron uh, subvariant XE. This is the next one after the uh, two we, we talked about. So mm-hmm. it actually contains material of B1 and B2. So there is right. a new subvariant out there that has been identified over in Hawaii. And also there is an increase in the, of course, Houston facilities reported there is no new, uh, uh, well, I think they discharged the only patient there in one of the Houston hospitals, and no one was reported today. So a lot of times report, these reports are on the good side. It's not talking about those individuals who are, still trying to get their first booster, who for some reason mm-hmm. do not, you know, have access. And also in the East Coast, there's an increase in the Vegas, all those areas. There's an increase in the numbers. And also the White House has all recommended second booster for people over 60. 
So they're really looking at this uh, uh, down the fifth. That's where that's where a lot of confusion. Individual who uh, said they had their first booster, they, they assumed they were safe. So if there was a lot of education that needed to be done about the need for the second booster. Finally, the, uh, the government is beginning to desire begin to recommend this, and this is what we really need to continue to work on that factor. And um, and then of course, uh, when uh, another interesting point. Senator Coons said there will be million doses of vaccine that will expire because of COVID right. funding. That right. whole mess, that's, that's a, that's a issue in itself. Uh, that's, as you know, the COVID funding that was in the overall major bill was, was taken out, uh, I guess, under the, uh, thinking that they could negotiate, uh, that on, on his, on his own. As you well know, that's stuck in and also the, uh, it stated that Republicans are using the, uh, the Title 49 is a reason not to approve uh, any COVID funding, and, and so that's 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 going. That is a disaster, and we'll see the results of that uh, as time really beginning in June and after June, because the I'm not going to mention what's going to happen in June as the availability of vaccines right now, but people will will hear about that in June. So I, that's that's my emphasis. I just want to cover that and emphasize those points and just really talk about what really a, a, a fix we in. And there was one of the right. Boston Globe made the statement that really the, the, actually the, um, the virus never did leave. Everybody talking about it making a yeah. comeback. Boston Globe yeah. never left. And that, that's, that's what right. people need to recognize that. And a lot of these people not showing up at clinics and everything is back because of the lack of uh, information, not the need for the second booster. A major, major con- confusion about that and just the idea that the federal government and CDC are saying, leave that to yourself. People, you know, we said that from the beginning, you need to make up your mind mm-hmm. about your own health and safety. So that's yeah. one good point about this time that everybody needs to not rely on the government or CDC or State Department, Health Department. You need to make the decision on your own. And I, I think, yeah. thank God for our task force that we are educating individuals who, are who need to know this information. We're getting that information out to them. Hats go off to our black churches, our black pastors, uh, who, who are really lining up and they're not listening to a lot of national. They're, they're making decisions on their own. And I always say the trust is actually in the black pastors and black churches. And that's what it needs to be. And that's what we, that's the success we have on our task force now. So I just want to say thank God for our task force because we are addressing yeah. those issues with individuals who are needing to a certain extent the first boost and not understanding about the second boost. So I think that's, that's, that's it. Outstanding. Well, Dr. Hagney, let me just say uh, on behalf of all the team that we are just so uh, thankful for you as a uh, healthcare expert uh, mm-hmm. to continue to bring us the information and what what you're saying and what we really want to emphasize and, and help people to understand. And I believe Ms. Rihanna brought this out in one of our other shows that we have been getting boosters forever. So even though we got our COVID-19 uh, vaccination, that initial one, uh, we needed to go back to get that boost because uh, health uh, experts are, are starting to see now that there is a reduction in the protection from just that one dosage. And so that's right. why we're out there getting that booster so that we can get that extra little boost. I mean, just look at the word and what the word means 
and that yes. we're getting that extra boost. And just think about all the uh, senior adults and the immune-compromised oh, yes. uh, adults and yes. even those people who have uh, immune deficiencies that may be of the mm-hmm. younger age. So it's yes. important that we go back for that second dosage. We've already had the first dosage, and now we're going back for that second dosage. And like I said, Ms. Rihanna has already pointed out to us before that it's not unusual. We've been doing this forever and ever. And I like what you said, Dr. Hagney, that we cannot just depend on the CDC to guide us and direct us. We have to think of our own health, and we have to think of the yes. public. They're thinking of the public in general, but we have to take some uh, – uh, initiatives about our own health to make sure that we're protected from uh, whatever is out there. Because as you said, COVID-19 has never left. It has gone no place. Anybody have any questions for uh, Dr. Hagney and Ms., uh, Mr. Arthur? And I hope I hope Pastor um, Michael is going to come in soon because we have some real I'm on. I'm on You are right. Oh, Hello. Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah. 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 I appreciate the work Dr. Right. Doing, I, I appreciate the work Dr. Doing. And we are definitely. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And he he leads our task force, and he may every single morning, I guarantee you, he is sending me <laughs> information, sending the task force, and I'm proud to be a part of his task force, and he's sending us information every single morning. So we as healthcare professionals need to keep abreast of what is going on so that we can adequately educate the public because it's encumbered upon us as healthcare professionals to educate the public because they may not get all of this information that we get from the CDC and not just the CDC, from Kaiser and from all the other right. uh, medical mm-hmm. foundations uh, in our world mm-hmm. out there that's doing research, research yes. every single yes. day to make sure yes. that, uh, that we stay safe. It's, it's, it's the job of the of a healthcare professional, CDC, to make sure that we keep good public health in this country. Exactly. Any, exactly. any comments or questions? Any, any questions or comments from anybody else before we get into the other parts of the show? And thanks for coming in, at, at Pastor Cooper. I hope you had a great Easter weekend as well. Incredible, absolutely incredible. And again, thank you, Dr. Hackner, for. For your work, and I saw the sign of the octopus, and that's what it takes. That's do all <laughs> things at the same time. Absolutely. 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 You know, I yeah. have friends and family, coworkers, y'all. Listen, like you said, it's not going away. Uh, it has not gone away. Uh, don't let anybody fool you. Get your boosters. Listen, and uh, I think yes. Miss Rihanna, like you said before about the booster. Well, when you're getting a new uh, uh, flu shot every year, that's a booster. There you go. You, know, you don't there get the flu go. shot once every ten years. You get it there every year because it, it changes <laughs> and it mutates, and so you have to uh, right. uh, keep up with it, the, the change and the technology and the science. So follow the science. Thank you all. Very good. Follow the science. That, that's that's so well put. What a great way for us to end. And and we have to remember that the uh, communities of color are experiencing uh, COVID uh, seems like more than anyone. Uh, any other ethnic group, and so we just need to keep up with what is going on and take care of, take precedence on our for ourselves on our own health, and then we'll be doing just great. So thank you, everybody. Thank you. Oh. We want to get go, – go ahead. Did you have something else, Dr. Hagney? Oh, no, no, that's it. I, I thought, okay, okay, I thought I heard a, a little noise there. Okay, all right, well, tonight we're going to talk a little bit. I think I sent um, some things out on um, – 
the, we're getting into now uh, into the midst of uh, election time. We know that we've already had our midterm uh, primary election here in Texas. We had that in March, and so it's circling around the country, and we know that in November uh, we're going to get into the general part. And so uh, so you're hearing various and sundry things. I'm listening to a lot of uh, talk shows and, and people who talk about various and sundry things. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, whether you think that um, that politics and religion is involved. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pose the question. I think I posed it uh, to everybody so that you can see just exactly which direction we're gonna be coming from uh, tonight. But uh, but my question to you is that has religion divided our country politically, and and should a person uh, should a person uh, use their religious background to make decisions when they're voting? on various and sundry issues, um, whether it's on the local level, state level, or, um, uh, in, or national level. And, uh, and then, of course, we have our own pastor on, uh, on this show, and uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, if, if church leaders uh, need to educate their parishioners uh, uh, religiously or should they just let them uh, find out for themselves and research for themselves? Or, uh, and, and then keeping in mind that, that the church is the people. The people is the church. It, it, it's not the building. It's the people that go in and out of those buildings uh, each week. So I would, I, I'd like to, to start with uh, Mr. Arthur, if, if you don't mind us, you kicking us off tonight on, on what your thoughts are uh, if it looks like um, – uh, that our country is being divided uh, due to religion and how religion uh, fits into our country politically. And we know the, t- we know the old scripture that, that some people use, uh, render unto God what belongs to God, render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And we talking politically when we use that scripture and we can, we'll, we'll pull it out and, and talk about that a little bit later on if you'd like. But tell us what your thoughts are, Mr. Arthur, in regards to politics and religion. And I'm going to mute out. Well, you know, you, well, you know, religion in America has always been a, um, how should we say, uh, you know, one of the tools used, to, you know, for, for you know, white supremacy. Uh, when the Catholics came over, you know, they got, you know, then they had this thing about Catholics for a while. Now the Catholics, now they just, you know, now they've assimilated, uh, you know, religious-wise. Uh, the Muslims, of course, now that's still an issue. You know, now that's an issue for everybody. So, yeah, yeah religion do and always has uh, divided America because the way it has been used to set up the white supremacy system, you know, from the 250-word slave Bible to you know, to the you know, to the actual rewriting of the Bible many times over history to fit different narratives. So yeah, religion is a you know, it's been used as a war tool, basically. And it's still okay. being used today to divide people. That's interesting, as a war tool. I'm write that down. <laughs> said the Bible well well let me start that. He said religion is being used as a War tool. Can you can you dialogue a little bit more on that, Mr. Arthur, and tell us exactly uh, 
uh, how you see uh, religion as a war tool politically? Well, you know, it's been, well, you know, like, okay, I, I was raised part Baptist, part Pentecostal. Right. You have different, you have different other types of religions. So, so you have all these different brands of religion. Okay. So that right there is a conflict, right? You know, yes, my, yes, my God yes. is better than your God. You know what I mean? If you don't believe my God, you don't have a God. You know, that type of thinking. So, but, but, but people need to understand that religion, religion, and 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 and, and sp- religion and spirituality is two different things. Religion is a ritual. Yes. Uh, you know, that's a ritual. If you you know, like you should you should treat going to church like you do going to the doctor or going to a lawyer or something. Uh, you need to be in control of your religion, whatever it is. If you're going in saying. Uh, you know, somebody control my religion, and that's what's going to happen. They're going to control your religion. And a lot of them will take all your money, and you ain't getting no help. So basically, you know, we need to understand what religion is. Religion is a ritual. It's a ritual. You go in, you get like around mm-hmm. like-minded people, and you and you go through this process where we, you know, a support a supported process. That's what it is on a basic level. But on a larger level, it says it has been weaponized. Here in America, it's being used right now. Moral majority, <laughs> you know, and all them folks. You remember all them, you know, all them folks back mm-hmm. in the day, uh, mm-hmm. you know, doing all that stuff, you know. So, you know, yeah, you know, so it's been, uh, you know, Pat Roberts, right, right now, Pat Roberts, right. So I'm just saying that, you know, we, it's been a weapon. It's still a weapon. It always has okay. been a weapon. Okay, interesting. Uh, well said. Mm-hmm. Good, 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 great, great comments, uh, Mr. Arthur. Uh, Let me just say, statistically, I I was looking at some different stats on what people in America feel and think and look at religion in regards to politics. So there was a Gallup poll in 68, and that poll still kind of exists. As a matter of fact, it's gotten even a little higher. In 1960, I believe it was 68, it was a poll said that 53% of the people uh, feel that churches uh, should keep out of political matters. And I think it's gotten even a little higher uh, now. But, and, and that's the same thing, speaking of, of Dr. Hagney and his work, uh, Americans were skeptical about uh, religious objections in regards to COVID-19 vaccines, right? You guys remember that? Uh, remember all this hoopla about uh, uh, some employers opposing the mandate and then others uh, saying, yes, I'm well, going to get it, and many saying, no. go ahead. Well, what about all them pastors that died? Tonight? My God going to take care of me. There you, you go. There you, you go. They're gone. And so I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> okay. you know, so, you know yeah. so they were they, they were using it as a weapon. But, you know, it, exactly it turned out true. to be a you know, suicide thing. But I'm just saying that. Yeah, it's a weapon, uh, you know, we need to understand that. It's just like, like I said, again, religion is it's not, I mean, it's a, I, I don't want to frame it as saying it's dangerous to go to church. You know, it's dangerous to do anything, I guess. But, you know, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. wind up in some bad situations. Jim Jones, David Koresh. There you go. You know, you there you go. Some bad situations. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, just going really nearly yeah. into religion, going and following people. That's all I'm saying. Just know what you, sure, you, sure. Know, you know, try yeah. to study some before you go. You know, well, you got to study oh. for yourself, right? And I'm sure uh, Pastor Cooper yeah, would agree with that. We, 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 we'll go to we'll go to Miss Rihanna, and then we go to uh, Dr. Hagney, and then we'll we'll come to uh, Pastor Cooper. 
Um, so, Mr. Allen, your, your thoughts. And, and, and let me just bring this stat out, too. I think it was in, I looked at some more from that 1968, and then I looked at the 90s, late 90s, and then 2000s, and then it was like about 70% of the people in 2010 that felt that churches just should not have anything to do with the political process. But go ahead, Mr. Anna, and tell us what your thoughts are in regards to this subject. Well, I I know that uh, the uh, a, a huge study was done on, um, I believe it was millennials and after. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think it was millennials and whatever next generation is called, um, no. and religion. It, and um, yes. yes, and mm-hmm. it. More than any, I think it was just millennials, actually. That's what it was. Um, Okay. Because millennials are the largest group since the baby boomers. And, in fact, are larger than the baby boomers. And so it was a huge, huge study um, of millennials and their political attitudes and religious attitudes. And I'm just getting my memory of this. Please, out there, it's a really good study. Look it up. But these don't quote me on exact um, facts. Okay. Just the, the general idea was um, that millennials are the least religious-oriented uh, group uh, that we've ever had. And in fact, more specifically, completely reject organized religion uh, mm-hmm. in huge numbers. And uh, even more specifically, the religious uh, Christian right has driven them that way because of their in, their intermingling incestuous relation, relationships but you know from the pulpit to the political office um, mm-hmm. that that continues to go on in that area in that space and that that has driven millennials um, just out of the pews and so I think it's for all the reasons that that Mr. Arthur has mentioned you know, that led up to that, that it's for now uh, to be able to look at what religion in particular, uh, Christianity in particular, white American Mm -hmm. Christianity, more specifically, um, that weapon, because that's the weapon that's in our face all the time. Um, And it's just turning people off and I hope it turns people off so much so that they just flee <laughs> the right mm-hmm. and, and rein this thing in because this is a takeover. They want uh, to run this country. They always have. That's the goal. And mm-hmm. now they're controlling school boards and, you know, um, and think about the woman in Texas who had a, a uh, she tried to induce her own abortion and actually you know, could have died. Uh, and yeah. the nurse had a conscientious objection to some of the things that she was hearing this woman tell her in confidence as her nurse. And the catalyst, in my opinion, for that type of thing, it's not just the law uh, in Texas that has kind of deputized citizens to, to uh, sue anybody who helps a woman uh, terminate a pregnancy, but uh, back when pharmacists were able to say, you know, I am not okay because of my Christian faith. I'm not okay with premarital sex, so I just can't in good conscience sell this emergency contraception. And 
that sort of opened the door for this. And then there's right. the Hobby Lobby decision and birth control. It's, it's, that's how it's used as a bunch of different weapons across that spectrum just in our faces every day. Okay, gotcha. So, so Dr. Hagney, I, I remember when, uh, when I ran for and Congress. And by the way. Congress. Sorry. <laughs> and, yes, uh, right. We can't, we can't. Needs not be said. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So what I was about to say, and I'm getting, I'm going to have to take a drink. So you take over for a minute, Miss Rihanna, please. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I, okay. go ahead. Go ahead, Dr. Agnes. Okay. Okay. You know, I, um, what I've experienced this past year uh, with our task force really brought a light to a lot of, uh, of um, lack of knowledge in, this, in these United States. Uh, you can start initially with our history. When you talk about religion and reason why, was that a factor from the beginning? First, they thought no one in Africa understood any uh, religion. That was a mistake. The future missionaries are going to come from Africa and not send them to Africa, not us in Africa. But also, why did they not want the blacks to know God? And I first, in the first setup of our religion in this country. And after this past year dealing with what we've dealt with, uh, it is it is true to my knowledge, uh, and also what did we just uh, experience yesterday on Sunday? Do we really under do we understand and understood what Sunday meant? What I've mm-hmm. come to conclude the major issue is, to, uh, I would say a lot of people in America do not know God, and that if you look at our history, that's why. The study of the Bible was kept from us from the beginning to know who God really is. When you're talking about the millenniums and a lot of people who don't go to church on different reasons, there's a, there's a documentation uh, to a certain extent. They really, a lot of people really don't know who God is. They might go, they might quote it, they might quote the Bible front, they might go to church, they may hang out with all these different groups. But And then we have a Sunday just like Sunday Probably people more pay more attention to eggs and eating than what Sunday really, really <laughs> represents. If, and then when you look at and when you look at the Gallup polls and all these polls, and when you look at America, and when you have a, a country that is failed public education and tell your people to you on your own with this, and what did this what did this virus what did this virus what is this virus trying to tell us? Is obviously we're not getting it, and a lot of that not getting it because we have a failed public health system in these United States. When you have to spend your time discussing with adults why you should wear your mask, why you should wash your hands, why you should stay distant, that then all these surveys don't mean anything. You survey in people who don't don't know facts. They really to a certain extent they don't know God. There's a lack of knowledge when people float out where they're floating and they're trusting in America and all America and all in the political structure. How can you trust the political structure and what we're experiencing right now? You know, particularly when you think about the number of people who died from this, 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 uh, this virus, that's unbelievable. More than all our wars. almost almost a million now, I believe. Then, then how you have a, how will you how will you have a, a system that's supposed to be educated and justify that 
and then they say there's no God. And at that, you know, I, it, I have learned that more we have given people in America too much trouble, too much credit to knowing things. And mm-hmm. if you uh, let's look at it from, I can give you a classic example from a, from a, from our our race viewpoint. We trusted the wrong people when it, when we uh, experienced what we thought was integration. We stopped cooking. You mentioned that earlier. We 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 stopped we stopped. Mm-hmm. Who who started our education in this country? When people want to talk about churches, any of these millennial churches, people ever started church, a school? Church and all these groups who don't want to go to a church, they don't even know history. If they knew education history, it started in the church. And which one of these yes, groups has started a successful education system, whoever they call themselves? And if you look at our education system, it is, I won't, I won't criticize, but there is just a need for, and then let's take another classic example, health care. How anybody mm-hmm. in this country, any mine, any Gallup poll, would justify the development of the uh, immune-compromised individual, the, the preconditioned individual. See, if you stop and understand, a lot of your preconditions were, were created because of failure, the so-called we thought we had a health per, perfect health care system. And we as a race of people trusted other people to take care of us. The same people who would not let us come through the front door, we trusted them to take care of us. What, does that make any sense? When we think about in the context, let me just say this though, in, in the context of what you're saying, the millennials are saying, I want to say what they're saying. They're saying, which God? Which, which God? What are you talking about? Which, 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 which you know, a person, see, a person, that just, lost, <laughs> just show you, that just shows you their lack of knowledge. See, if you go, I, go I, out I and tell, 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 tell them just like God told Moses. Not uh, joke. Where were they when the? You know, we we were talking about this the other day. The sun rises and sets the same way for years. <laughs> what, what what millennium? Who in, in, in the weather system? What millennium think that happened? You know, for example, they just discovered another planet uh, a couple of uh, a couple weeks ago. Out there, another world. Who they think control all that? Who, who, how do millennium think they are not floating in air? Why, why, why gravity? Who they, they believe in? Uh, most millennials they, they believe in. They believe in well, quantum see, physics. Well, see, see, that's another thing about education. See, somewhere <laughs> along the line, all these people were sleeping in class. Now, all of a sudden, now they want to come up with their own definition of something. All they had to go out, tell them go out, come in the country and sit out and look at the nature. Why does a bird sing? You know, you know what, what, so these millenniums, they out of it, they were sleeping in class. They're a group trying to explain something that they can't explain. And, you know, when I mention health care, ask them to explain the health care. You know, for example, if no one taught mutation, they say, let's pass semester in any grade level, they fail that class. So everybody needs to understand the mutation, what's happening, and who created that. So when people talk all this stuff, what, they, what they're what showing is their lack of knowledge. That's really what they're showing. And so when well, you look at our healthcare system. You know, I teach us, I ain't teaching them, no, Doc. Doc, I teach us, I ain't teaching well, them. Well, that's, the, the, that's the, what I'm saying. I agree with that. I just said we, the, our public the, health the, system. The new pastors don't have to be able to connect science and religion because they both are connected. 
and the, well, and the kind well, of pastor that can connect those two things formed in the millennium, as I said, you, you know, they'll come along with that because there is a connection. And, but that's not what's being taught. It's like old school. Well, say, well see, that's, that's a problem in America. You know. see, that's a problem in America. We believe in what we've been taught in America. You can, talk to, you, can, you can teach the wrong thing and majority of Americans believe it. Just like not, not wearing well, masks and all this kind of stuff. So you, you can say anything in America, and a lot of people believe People in America believe the wrong before they believe the right. They won't take time to research the right. They'll quote what somebody I have to, else told I, I them. Have, I'm going to jump in there. I, got, I have to agree with that statement 100%. I'm, I'm, I was about to say, and then we're going to bring our pastor. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, pastor I'm sorry. Michael I want to hear. No, I, want no, to, I want to come on. I want to come on. I'm sorry, Pastor. <laughs> no, no. Excellent, excellent dialogue. Excellent dialogue between uh, Dr. Hagney and Mr. Arthur. I, I remember Dr. Hagney. I went to Dr. Hagney's church. He is one of the deacons at his church. I went to his church and and was able to speak at his church uh, to tell the people at the end of their service uh, what I had in mind for District 1 when I was running for Congress. I can remember growing up and my grandfather, who was very political, my father very political, that whole family. That's how I actually got into the political process when I was 18. But the way that, and it has to go back to that education that Dr. Hagney was talking about, is the way that black people found out about what is going on in the world and their communities is they found out through the church. And then, of course, our historical black colleges, we already know Texas College right here in our city was started by the Episcopal Church. So we know that our educational system for African Americans started within the church. If we did not have the church at our discretion, we would have been done to what was actually going on in America. So while many people uh, support uh, the church involvement in the political process has has fluctuated really uh, from when our parents and our grandparents, our ancestors, I'm going to say, because they're they're all gone now. The ones that I'm talking about that are gone, but they left us a wealth of knowledge on the political process, political matters, and we got that through the churches. Yeah, we're of age where we got it out in the community as well in the real world. But there are some people who did not get it like we got it. And we were able to sit in a classroom and, and gain some knowledge. But there were some people who, if it had not been for the black church, they would not have that education. Mm-hmm. Pastor Cooper, mm-hmm. please come in and, and, and talk to us and dialogue a little Brilliant. bit with us <laughs> on what your thoughts are. Uh, oh, no. Uh, great uh, dialogue, great dialogue. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And all yeah. of it, Me too. all of it is true. And I love that there are two words that were used earlier, and that is uh, a tool, and mm-hmm. uh, then uh, the tool was used for war, uh, and mm-hmm. it was more of a phrase uh, that, that kept is consistent. So. Uh, we we have to consider that when you're talking about these issues, the ecclesia, uh, the called out ones, the mm-hmm. church. That's what the church is. Right. Like, right. It's not in right. And in our resurrection meeting yesterday, uh, we talked about uh, the commitment and, and the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, and how uh, fleshly things could not fulfill it. It had to be someone 
there was uh, righteous. And, and the word tells us none is righteous, no, not one. So when we started uh, uh, the dialogue talking about using religion as a, a tool of war, a uh, tool of words, a uh, tool to, to, to defend your racist behaviors, let me say it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people use religion to defend and hide behind the fact that they are prejudiced mm-hmm. or racist or uncomfortable in uh, a, a setting. Uh, when you deal with slavery, uh, you, you, people were uncomfortable and they used uh, the Bible uh, to defend it. Uh, even in, I think it's Philippians, where it says for the slave to go back to his master. You know, they use different parts of the Bible. Mm-hmm. We should be obedient to our master. And they didn't get rid of that. You know, right now uh, uh, we have canceled the master suite in the home now. Uh, because we go back with the with the tone of that of slavery, now it's known as when someone showcases a home, it's known as the owner's headquarters or the owner or the one that pays the bills, bedroom. So we, we go back and we find these things all the way back to Paul. This is nothing new under the sun. Uh, Paul was not a Christian before he was called on the Damascus Road. I, I thought we had a deacon on here earlier. And, and, and he was quoting some stuff. So, so <laughs> the word came to Paul and said, Paul, why are you pricking against me? And you have to understand that the disciples ran from Paul. So this is nothing new under the sun. Ran from Paul because they didn't know that he really converted to Christianity because he had had non-Christians killed for, for, for what their beliefs were. So, and Paul is a guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And so... When we look at that, we go like, wow, how could he have gotten it wrong, and yet God used him? Uh, there was a young man, uh, I, I forget if he was a newspaper writer or whatever. I, I wish I could Google his name real quick. But he befriended one of the KKK members uh, back in the time when David Duke was famous, and they became great friends. And, and, and this black guy, he went undercover, and all of a sudden, this guy that was the leader of KKK, I mean, big time. Now they're best of friends. So I, I think all things work together for good. Uh, I have in front of me, I just walked in my office because y'all are on the subject that I love. There's a Bible. Uh, a Bible. There, there's a book that's written by Barry Hankins, if y'all want to look it up. It's called Uneasy in Babylon, and they're talking about the Southern Baptist conservatives and American culture, which is one reason why I didn't complete my uh, degree, my Master's of Divinity, at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminaries, because there's always underlying issues of racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there's nothing new under the sun uh, when it right. comes to people using religion as a tool to do their day. Uh, we're on the phone with the mayor pro temp, our own very Dr. Shirley McKellar. But in Beaumont, Texas, our mayor pro temp and mayor and, and city council, before we received our first female African mayor, uh, they put on In God We Trust. And, and, and then they put the blue line on, on the big because we all know that that is a sign now to their patriot brothers. Right. So, so, so we, 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 this is nothing new. So we have to con- continue to study ourselves, uh, uh, you know, that we rightly divide the word of truth. Uh, we, we have to make sure that we do these things in 
politics and outside of politics. Right. In the church and well, outside the church. Outside the church. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, I, I wanted I want to bring this point in. Um, as uh, Dr. Hagney mentioned, yesterday was Easter, uh, the celebration, and we got to keep this in mind. That, that was the celebration of the resurrection. But every single Sunday is actually viewed as that resurrection. This is that April the 17th on yesterday was the uh, when the, the world uh, decided that that was going to be the time that we celebrate Easter. But we know that Easter, uh, the Resurrection Sunday uh, in the Christian uh, dispensation, uh, which is our, our cultural holiday. It commemorates his resurrection of Jesus. But we know when that happened, right? 30 AD, way back, the crucifixion happened eons ago, long time ago. So we're celebrating his resurrection when he died on Friday and rose on Sunday morning. But we already know that that didn't happen Sunday, yesterday. That happened Amen. in 30 AD. Right. So with that being said, if we can bounce back and see and talk a little bit more on if, in fact, we should in our churches, whether it's at the beginning of your service, at the middle of your service, at the end of your service, whatever, it, a lot of people would, because people are busy uh, trying to make their ends meet, they're going to work every day, nine to five, whatever, uh, 24-7 people are working. They may not get the news like we do. They may not have time to sit down and acquire uh, or attend events like we all, all of us on here, very political. And we attend all kinds of political events, and we know what's going on in the, in the world, in our communities, in our states, and in our nation. But so many people don't. But they may get their information uh, if a political person stops by. That's what I was saying, uh, Dr. Hagney, I stopped by his church. And he allowed, they allowed me, his pastor and, and their deacons allowed me an opportunity at the end of their church service to speak to them about my running for Congress. Many people may not have known that I was running if I had not had the opportunity to speak at the various churches. And so many people don't want to see that happen. They think that it should not happen. And so that's what we're really trying to gear in on because we're coming up very soon in November and we have political people that are out there campaigning. We actually are getting ready for the runoff uh, in May next month for those mm-hmm. people who didn't quite make that 50.1% and they have to run again. So should or should we or should we not? And so, uh, so Pastor Cooper, should we or should we not? What are, what are your thoughts? In regards to that, we he's in church house Go ahead. We, yes, we absolutely ahead. should make room to educate our local parishioners. And it's sad. I think uh, Dr. Hagen said earlier, the millennials right now, they're not even attending church. Uh, I think uh, Brother Arthur said that they basically self-churched. Uh, they believe what they want to believe. They go with the wind with anything like shaft on, uh, on the uh, seat. It just blows away. Uh, there's no substance there. Uh, it, it, it's to the point now where 
I have to get creative. I had three, four cameras on me yesterday. You know, uh, you know, right. people are worried about COVID. Our elderly not coming back the way that they used to come back, and and the sure. young don't they don't go to church. But every now and then I catch them, and, and I can see who's who's on live, so they don't watch it live anymore. They go back and watch it later on, maybe put a comment. But it's sometimes people that never go to church. So on my page, you're gonna get mental health. On my page, you're gonna on the, even on the, uh, uh, the Roku channel, yeah. So we're going to talk about politics. We're talking about church. You go down my Facebook. If you're my friend on Facebook, you're going to see everything. You're going to see me crying, That's singing, right. praying, praising, teaching, mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. Sunday morning, talking about CNN News, MSNBC, Fox News, talking about uh, the pandemic, talking about everything. You're going to see everything, and that's what the church, the church used to be the community. So absolutely, we have to open up the church, and that's not politics. That's everyday life because the Bible tells us to pray for those in government. We are to deal yes. with that. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. My, my, point, my point exactly. Martin Dr. Oh, I'm Mr. Arthur. Oh, you know, Martin Martin Okay, Martin said, uh, and, it, and it's probably still true, Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in America, and that's because of yes, politics. Sir. Yes, sir. Because of politics. Yes, sir. That's straight up politics. Yes, that's sir. what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's you know, it. You know, that's I, it. I, I would love to be comfortable enough to go feel like I can go and maybe maybe join a white congregation, but shoot, I'd be you know, talking about, uh-oh, is this Jim Jones or what's going on here? <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> well, I can tell you this, man, and we'll go, we're going to go to Dr. Hagney shortly, but, but if I can allow me to say one thing in regards to what uh, Mr. Arthur just said, when people used to move into Tyler, Texas, and they may move on the, uh, on the southern side of the city, they may have moved into White House or Flint or Bullard or some of the, or just playing in in south southern part of the city and so they then they may attend the church and i'm talking about african americans they may attend the church that's closest to their home but when they got to that church the caucasian people would tell them well there is a colored church across town (laughs) over there in north tyler uh i am very serious and and you probably will be happier over there and they'll be glad to see you yeah, Jesus colored over there. That's what I'd ask. That's what I'd ask. Jesus colored over there. Well, wow. I'm telling you that it actually happened in Tyler, Texas. But go right ahead, Dr. Hatton. I was saying earlier, I thank God for our church hubs. What we have done throughout Northeast Texas as we work through Northeast and working towards South, we have created what we call a church hub. There is one lead church in each county, and all other churches relate to that. But also we have a training program for the leadership training there, but we cover what Pastor Cooper said earlier. Back to the church, a long time ago, was I, I was an educational resource in our community. We learned, right. every, we, learned, we learned everything from our church. We yes, got sir. away from that. So what we have done, we have reinstituted that whole philosophy Again, the uh, the octopus mouth. See, uh, and, and 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 that's how we create this whole church hub around, as Pastor Cooper mentioned, all those different subjects that are that are that we need for information. A person coming to your church, they should be able to get the information at your church. 
uh, diseases, information, education, uh, even recent deal of people in East Texas, we talk about the plantation life. If you redraw the, we saw this in healthcare. If you redraw the plantations in in East Texas, you will find the majority of the black communities are still on the plantation. So if you're going to reach them, whatever, you have to re- reach them through that background. First of all, you have to understand. So we tell every politician come to East Texas, you need to read the book, The Plantation Life in Texas. When you can do that, then you can reach those communities. Healthcare people begin to recognize that, to reach those communities. Through our church hubs that we're, we're working with the pastors and, and teaching them how to reach out in the community, how do you move beyond the four walls. The most unutilized building in, in uh, I, would say, I would say, in East Texas is a church building. You know, it's used on Sunday, whatever time there, maybe on Wednesday night. But the rest of the time, that beautiful building, everything is sitting there, education Amen. training could be going. Where do we get the point that we have to learn education from a public school? If you understand our public school system where it started in the church, and the criticism of the first charter schools weren't because of that. Because, uh, the, those, some of those charter schools had very successful, successful rates with black students. So everybody drove us to public schools. Now, look what's happening in public schools now. Now they can tell you what door to come in because now they think you rely on a public school building for your education. But there are church buildings there. So so, so we use that, that uh, octopus model, mental health, uh, judicial system, you name it. We discuss that through our church model, and all our pastors are coming, and, that, and they're, they're passing it on to the other pastors, technology. We're talking about telemedicine. Uh, we, we're, yeah. we're talking about future ideas. We're talking about all those issues. We're talking about prostate cancer. All the, we're talking about these these things that everybody else has been accepting as as yeah. normal. We saying they're unacceptable. So we're addressing the first project mm-hmm. we're going to address through these churches is prostate cancer. There's no excuse. The stats we see there. We have churches. We have political groups. Everybody running for all these offices and everything, and very few of them even know about prostate, and they're not even talking about it. So I guarantee you, starting from June to to uh, August, every person comes through Northeast Texas, Southeast Texas, they don't know about PSA. Because we have a project we call it. We, 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 we want to target 500 black males to go get a PSA test. We call it PSA 500. I shouldn't have mentioned that. But anyway. That's <laughs> okay. No, yeah. no. We want to find 500 black males in, in Northeast Texas to go get a PSA test. We're not only going to test. We, well, there's other. We're going to follow them up. We're going to monitor them. And we're looking for a young black entrepreneur or some of these millennials who understand technology. That's a business in itself just to attract a black male who who has not who diagnosed with prostate cancer and to monitor him or him throughout. That's a that's a that's a that's an entrepreneurial building business. I'm looking for a young black entrepreneurial person who can come and talk to us about how he or she could design a program that we can track a black male, these five hundred black males each year as a follow up and also a group out of Washington DC on we're going to set up, we're going, they're, they're partnering with us to do a uh, support program. So that's how you get the you church to bring us to college. We got HBCU sitting right here. They're going to be involved. We, we right haven't here. talked about it. Yeah. But we're going to, and also the, also, the, also the young ladies are going to help us, and old ladies in the church and the sorority. <laughs> they're going to help us get their significant <laughs> others. Now, he's getting trouble with that old lady. Now, he's getting trouble with that old lady. But 
it, yeah, we got to teach him how to use those words, mature, mature ladies. Let me share this with you. <laughs> I'm going to let, let, me, let me share this with you. If it had not been, if it had not been for the church, we would not have been able to find all of the women who had lumps in their breasts that never told anybody when we had a $5 million grant mm-hmm. and then when mm-hmm. we were able actually to use Mr. Clarence Shackleford as our, our, our spokesperson for men to get their PSAs done, we would not have been able to do that had not been for uh, Pastor Dilworth at the North Star Baptist Church who allowed us to use his, uh, uh, a room there, his office space, a room in his building, North Star Baptist Church, that sits right there on uh, on uh, Confederate Englewood, Confederate, whichever one it is. If it had not been for him and Clarence Shackleford, who actually was our, and everybody knows Clarence Shackleford right here in Tyler, Texas, who was our representative that was able to help us to go out there and find those men. This was back in the 90s that we had this mm-hmm. grant. And he helped us to find the men that needed to have the PSAs so that we could make sure that this cancer was cut down and that we cut it down for the women who had lumps in their breasts. We found women at stage two, three, and four even with breast cancer, but they never told anybody. But because we worked through the churches, Dr. Carolyn Harvey, Miss Evie Starling, and myself, we were able to find these women. So, yes. We need the church, and yes, go ahead, go ahead, Mr. Arthur, go ahead. We need to understand, too, that one thing that happened to the church, you know, we're talking about, you know, the folks ain't going and that, that type of thing. Uh, okay. The, you know, churches back in the 90s, they did a thing called a Credit Reinvestment Act of the, the federal government. That's right. And basically what it was, basically it, did, it corporatized churches, corporatized mm-hmm. them. And, and so basically, and so basically, uh, 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 you know, what, what, what they did was they would like go in communities, you know, have a chicken dinner, offer, uh, you know, mm-hmm. hey, hey, anybody need a loan? No, we good, mm-hmm. you know. And then so they sign off on it, and then they gone about their business. So you know, basically, and, and a lot of those churches uh, wind up building church they couldn't afford and all that type of stuff. That's uh, right. You know, right. getting those loans, and, and so basically, like I said, you know, everybody was trying to be mega, right? And so, right. you know, and, 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 that are empty. Uh-huh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, so that's what happened to a lot of them. And so by, and by becoming corporatized, they lost their independence. So, you know, and so that's, you know, so that's a whole nother thing. So I'm just trying to say that when they went corporate, that's when people started leaving. That's all I'm saying. Well, what, and you're 100% correct in what I try to explain and say to the preachers and pastors and at the churches is that you are already a nonprofit organization. You really don't have to become a 501c3 nonprofit exactly. status in that, ma- in that manner because that's when you bring the government in to watch you and man you and decide to tell you exactly what you can and cannot do. You're already a church is a nonprofit to begin with in the first place. And so Uh that's what Mr. Arthur is talking about, about uh, uh, corporatizing them and things kind of changed um, after, after that happened. Uh, Somebody else, I I heard another person trying to come in and say something. I I don't know which one it was. Miss Rihanna, any comments from you? I I don't know who it was. I thought I heard one of the gentlemen uh, trying to say something. 
Everybody's on point tonight. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to listen right now. <laughs> yes, I, I, I agree uh, that there, there are a lot of things that, and, and Mr. Arthur said something that, that was, was interesting, and Dr. Hagney was kind of uh, dialoguing on that, and Mr. Arthur says, which gods? Uh, so uh, we know we have the capital G-O-D, God, and then we have a lots and lots and lots and lots of little small G-O-D, guys. We know that from the study of Hindu and all these all the other religions. And, and, and we have a lot of religions uh, in our country uh, today. And so uh, consequently, that's probably another reason that people are a little little confused or a little thrown off, uh, kind of, so to speak, because uh, I've had people say, well, I, well, which, which religion should I become a part of? Go, go ahead. I know that well, we're Mr. Supposed Arthur, you to have be, something. Well, we're supposed to be multi-religious in America. We're supposed to be multi, multi-religious. And so you know, anytime you make, you know, like we were talking about prayer in school. Now, now I don't remember. Now, I don't remember. I remember the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't remember no prayer, you know, prayer in school, but I'm saying that that's a weapon. You, you, you give a government that's already doing indoctrination, give them a weapon like religion, where they can, and, and then and, and then they're not gonna be fair. It's gonna do one prayer, and then them other kids ain't gonna get nothing. Right. So now you already right. started something. So I'm saying right. that, hey, you know what I mean? So I, you, you know, all I'm saying is that, you know, when you hear people pushing for those types of things uh, to get that kind of power to the government, they already mm-hmm. got a right to kill you. Right, death penalty and so forth. <laughs> you want to give them that too? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, that's some you know, that's some powerful stuff that people need to understand. Right. That that, that un, you know, the unelected bureaucrats don't need that kind of power. We already got institutional racism where that kind of stuff comes yeah. out. You just gonna give them another weapon. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. look at our money, our money, for example, and and the word God in the Pledge of Allegiance. Any time God isn't mentioned at all in our Constitution. Because we're supposed to, the, the whole entire point is that mm-hmm. we're supposed to Separated have a from secular right. government. The only uh-huh. way any government can be fair to every religion or non-religion is if they themselves are a secular government. And that's the entire point. And, you know, anytime God has been put onto our money, uh, for example, once during the Civil War and once during um, the, I believe it was... Uh, in the 1950s, it's it's been having to do with uh, tension and all of that, and specifically racial, uh, white supremacy wanting to assert itself, white Christian American yeah. supremacy. With That's when they have, they get freaked out, and yes, and and they use it as a fear mongering thing, and well, we better put, and it's just like uh, how it's. Um, it's the same type of uh, propaganda that we've that we've seen over and over again, but they've really literally used God as propaganda so much so that they they put it on our money and then try to pretend it's always been there. And the point is, it's fine if it had been there, but it wasn't. <laughs> like nobody's mm-hmm. starting a controversy, but the people putting this on the money. <laughs> We're not a right. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what, what, what about, what about people? I, I'm going to try to ask Jimmy Swagger if God, if, if, if Jesus came today, would he come and be on your TV show? <laughs> Swagger say, so he sure would. <laughs> <Mm-mm. Okay. laughs> 
Interesting. <laughs> well, let's think about uh, Ron Reagan. Everybody knows Ron Reagan, and we know that he is an atheist, and uh, he's in charge of that, uh, what is it, Freedom Freedom from Religion organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. he wants right. no part of... Uh, of religion at all, he thinks that we that we all got here by osmosis, uh, and that's the science that uh, I think that Mr. Arthur was talking about a few minutes ago in regards to some people believing that uh, that uh, that we got here very differently from the way in which we actually we we actually got here. Uh, that God had nothing to do with it; it was science that got us here. So there's all kinds of of things that, and, and so rightfully so, you can understand why perhaps maybe some people are a little bit confused uh, on issues and things because there are so many things, so many different gods, so many different uh, religions out there that people uh, get well, a little. You paint uh, Jesus white. Look here, when you paint Jesus white, you know, like I like, like I tell, like I've had some say. <laughs> Well, what difference do it make? I said, well, if it don't make no difference, then why are they making white? So, you uh-huh. know, so my thing is, well, well let, let's just let's just put it like this, Miss Arthur. Uh, Caucasian people don't have woolen hair. Uh, you know, we we know the descript- the Christian description of what uh, what God looked like, uh, right, uh, Pastor Super? In their description right. well, of and I'm, I'm, I'm letting y'all just continue, but it's, it's pretty easy. Let's put it to the litmus test, and, and, and that is okay. this, because I, I can debunk all of that, and we, this conversation will be five minutes long. Uh, if you want to know if someone's a student of the Bible, uh, the faith, that of Christianity, which was appointed to us, and we didn't govern that and become that name. We were, we were called Christians because we started following Jesus Christ. Look at those Christians over there. So that, that's not even our, our religion. Uh, we have a, a, a spiritual action, and that's faith. Uh, it was appointed to, to Abraham as righteousness because of his faith in the promises of God and the things of God. Uh, anyway, uh, the Bible tells us not to make any graven images of God. Mm-hmm. So right. if anybody's painting a picture of a white God, a black God, I love what E.B. Hill said. Uh, I don't know if y'all know who he is. Uh, we, know, we know E.B. Hill. We know. There you go. He's from, uh, I think, Liberty, <laughs> Texas. And, and uh, a lot of people don't know that because he became very famous at a young age and, and one of the first mega African-American pastors out there. And, and he said, if your God is black or white, I don't want him anyway. He said, I want the God of faith. I want the one that can move mountains. I want the one that can save your lives. I want the one that can save your soul. That's the God we need to have So if you have someone coming up to you And, and they paint you God white And he's got long hair and it's straight Got a perm and all this other good stuff You know <laughs> Yeah, he's got a perm, he, he, he got a perm and, and, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. he's no longer Just milky white now he's kind of tan So so uh, he's a sunbather You know with straight hair So we, we, he, he said Do not make any graven images So therefore uh, those folks that are doing that They're not of our faith anyway. Well, and I want to be clear because I, I'm clear about what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about what color is God. I'm talking about Jesus. 
Jesus, I'm telling you, because he's okay, yeah, okay, Jesus okay. But okay. he's, 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 he's God the Father. God I, I, I'm just talking about as a weapon, and I'm speaking strictly. I'm speaking strictly as a weapon and how it's been used. Uh, right, in a the right God, the right Jesus, the, the right Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My point is that yeah. he said, "Make no graven images, none. I, images is plural. Make go, go right, Google right. it, look it up. Somebody quickly, somebody fact check me, please." He said, "Make no graven images, period." Mm-hmm. Of God, and, and you have Father the Son, Father the Holy Spirit, Father God the uh, uh, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and God the Head. So uh, all three are God. My point is that any description or image of that. Is not of God of the same faith that I believe in anyway. So I, anyone has lost me. Matter of fact, if I go in your house and I see the picture, I might take it down. I'm just I'm sorry. I don't care if you got black Jesus or or polka dot Jesus up there because the the the, the faith I come from says make zero graven images, no graven images of me. Period. Any forms. I don't care if you got the fleshly God of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, none. Period. Well, if you if you ever been forward for the uh, I don't the, the, don't you go to a Pastor Tatum's church because I don't need you up in that tan of stuff. I'm being that tan of stuff. I'm just trying to say. There's one church I, well, I swear I never go to again because they have it's like a 24 foot mural of of this brown skinned Jesus. You know, I'm like, what, what are we doing? Well, it's it's not Ben Carson. This is white. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let let's. I, I don't. I, I believe that all of us uh, on this uh, team actually embraces um, uh, the Bible, uh, and I know that in Revelations, uh, at the beginning of of Revelation, it 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 offers us clues and descriptions of what Jesus. Right. Christ looks like, and it says his skin right. is a darker hue. That's the kind of skin I have, dark and hue, and that right. his hair was woolen in texture. Well, mine is not quite woolen in texture, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's okay. That's a black person, a dark-skinned person. Dark hue, that's Mr. Arthur, that's uh, Pastor Cooper, that's that's everybody yeah. on here except Miss Rihanna. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and and then it tells you what, what his hair is like. And it said it was but it also said it was white as snow. Uh so there are descriptions and, and then there it talked about about his eyes, right? It flame of fire and uh, right. and his feet were like feet of uh, bronze. Uh, Bron- there Bron- you go, Peter Brown. Right. Yes. That's exact. That's and, and, exactly. and he was and he was hanging out in Africa. And he was hanging out in Africa. Mm-hmm. 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 That's true. Right. That's that's right. So and, and so he gave a description of what you to, to, to expect, but he said, "Don't make an image of it." That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That's that's right. He would have because if he was a white guy, he would have had a hard time hiding out in some of those spots in Africa, wouldn't he? I mean, he would, he would spot him. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah, they, I think they would have found it. <laughs> He'd be the one that, with a sunburn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'd be chilling. Yes, yes. So, so I, in our final consummation of this, boy, we've been talking about this hour and ten minutes, but in our final consummation, mm-hmm. uh, are, are we saying back to our original uh, uh, question is that, we should okay because think about this. Pastor Cooper is a psychologist, 
if somebody in his church is going through the grieving process, is having some issues in their families, he is going to talk to them about this. We have we have uh, people on retainers who are psychologists and psychiatrists in our churches that help people with their various and sundry issues that they deal with. If we didn't have that, that that's that's almost I don't know I wouldn't call that political, but it's not a part it's not part of of your worship service, right? Is it? Right. If you know, yeah, it's, it's not. It's I can answer that. Well, absolutely. Right. But I'm not. No, but I'm. But you're missing what I'm saying. On Sunday she morning, when you, go into, when you go, it, well, right. When you go into your corporate worship on Sunday morning. Right. Uh, it's not part of to st- have one of your per- parishioners to stand up there and you're analyzing what they're experiencing uh, grief-wise or death, I mean, whatever they're experiencing in their personal lives. That's not where you do that. You do that after the fact. That's why I said the real work, the real work of Christians and people who who right. worship, their work really starts when they leave out of the church building, not during the corporate worship. That's why these various programs, we have one of the greatest uh, health care teams, and, and Dr. Hagman can tell you this, at my, at my church, one of the greatest. We have, we have physicians and we have uh, nurse practitioners and nurses, and, and all, we have all of, of down the line, physical therapists, we have uh, nutritionists, and all of those talents are used for those parishioners after worship service. On Sunday morning, it may be Monday morning that they need help, or Tuesday morning that right. they need help, or Wednesday. Go and ahead, Doctor Hadden. That's right, and there are there are major resources for our task force. I just want to say that exactly. A lot of programs exactly. we've developed through our task force is based upon your your health ministry there, artists and those guys. I I, I can test for that. A lot of design we design mm-hmm. right now are based upon That's what right. your your church. Even I take I telemedicine technology and telemedicine deal we're talking about. Is really right. Right. Okay. Thanks. Right. Yeah. So that's all part of the work, is all I'm saying. And so that is not just healthcare, as Dr. Hagney mentioned, but but p- p- politics. You know, educating people on who's running for office and what they represent and what they stand for, and all of that. So my next question uh, was that should then the the uh, politicians or those that are running should they use their background, their religious background, to make decisions, or should that be put aside? And, and, and it's, it's hard to put aside your values, uh, even your, your, your culture, uh, what you were taught by your parents, how you're supposed to treat one another. Uh, those are values. And, so, and, and I think values should come along with actually who you are. You're a good person, mm-hmm. and you know how to treat people ethically, fairly. Uh, then you then you're going to use that because that's your teaching and your upbringing. So, so my question now, let's deal with that question. Uh, should we use uh, our, our our background? And I'm talking religious. I'm, I guess I'm talking religion now. Uh, background because Mr. Arthur said to us, which it, it, God? It, it depends so, on, go it, ahead, it, as you can speak, it, it comes so, down to how much money you got. If you hobby lot and stuff <laughs> like that, you get all the folks in there, right? Uh-huh, you know, if you got uh-huh. nephews, now if you had Pastor Cooper Church, you know, you ain't going to bother nobody. 
So, you know, uh, uh, a lot of this uh, 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 stuff you're talking about is based on, again, the system, uh, you know, the corporatization, money, right? You know, I got money, so I want everybody to have my values, money and speech. Right. So I'm going to talk. And so, you know, and they, and they throw, look, we're in a democracy, but when you go on a job, that's not a democracy on the job. That's a totalitarian uh, state or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's not a democracy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and, and, and so most of these folks that own these big corporations, they act like totalitarians, authoritarians, yes, rather. Sir. Yes, sir. Uh, authoritarians, I mean. Uh, most of them run authoritarian companies. And so, exactly. you know, so that's kind of what we're dealing with. So it's, it's just in the system. I don't know how you can separate them because they've never been separated. That's right. I agree with that part. They've never been separated. Mm-hmm. Because I, as I mentioned, my grandfather used to, I mean, that's where I saw him as a little girl standing up in the church at the end of church and sometimes at the beginning of the church. I I can remember as a young girl growing up that people would come and stop by and say, um, give their their information to the usher to pass over to the leadership to say, we have such and such that's in our audience that came uh, to worship with us today. They're running for this office and, and at, at the end of church, and we always did it at the end of church time. And they said, we're asking, we cannot demand that you stay, but we're asking that would you please stay for a few minutes and let's hear from uh, XYG. Uh, he's running for county commissioner. He's running for justice of the peace, whatever. I remember that as a young girl growing up in Tyler, Texas. What about you, Mr. Arthur? What about you, Dr. Hagney? What about you, uh, Pastor Cooper? Pastor Cooper may be able to share with us that he allows that to happen in his church. Mr. Arthur. I mean, just dialogue. Should this this, uh, happen? Should we allow people to speak in our churches to educate people? in particular people of color who may not uh, know what is going on in their communities. And, and that goes for anybody. But, um, yeah. but, but. You, you, you know, we, 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 we're experiencing that with the task force. Because a lot of the issues we deal with is someone running for an office and they're going and going in, uh, in Austin or in Washington, D.C. and vote on a matter that's going to directly affect someone. In there you go. Texas. He or she yeah, needs to know about it. For example, there you uh, go. I don't know where there's a P, uh, uh, there's a PSA bill. I think it may be still stuck in house by uh, representative from uh, Illinois, Bobby. I think it's Bush. It might. Can someone check it? For example, if you are if you elected official in Washington D.C. and and there's a bill coming across to be approved for PSA free uh, costs in America. Should you have enough knowledge to vote on that? The illustration when they don't have enough knowledge about that, bills like that, I think that bill, I hope hope it's not. It could be still stuck in the House in Washington, D.C. when you're talking about one of the greatest deterrents for a black male to get a PSA test is cost. So if you're Mm -hmm. you're elected a person that don't understand the significance of a free PSA test and you elect a person, you're disconnected with your community. There are there are there are items we'll we'll accept in our community just because because we are politicians up there don't know what's going on with that. They don't know how effective people yeah. in their congregation. When you do that, 
where you learn mm-hmm. people. I know in rural East Texas, you learn the flavor of your community through that church and talking with that pastor. So he knows what's going on in that church. Just like let's just like uh, this uh, disability, disability rights fighting a program up in Washington D.C. right now because disability individuals need the vaccine. When they cut off these vaccines and everything, there's not a resource. If you're an elected person up there recognizing these vaccines, all the money you put out there and throwing out there all sorts of ways for vaccination, if you have a disabled person that doesn't, that's not getting his vaccine because you don't know what you, uh, what's going on in Washington, D.C. and when you're supposed to, that's what it failure. I tell all the elected people, you need to know health care. I tell you, before you revoke someone, he or she needs to know health care. Don't send someone to mm-hmm. Austin or Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. who does not know health care. And so the way they learn health care, Go go in these go in these communities, go in these churches, talk to the pastors, and find out what the, the needs are in that church. And then you can then go. And then I tell the Democratic Party, then you go ask somebody to vote for you. Mm-hmm. you know, and you, and you're talking what, about you're talking how, about how, excellent, right? And Dr. Hagney, you're talking about Bobby Rush, and you and and you're absolutely correct. And that's why that is why in elected officials all across from from local to state. To national, we need more balance. We have more attorneys holding positions in in Washington D.C. and most everywhere than any place. And and so, mm-hmm. but if we had if we had some educators, if we had some medical people, if we had uh, attorneys, if we mm-hmm. had physicians, I mean, business people. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, if we had across the board, if we had more diversity. Then mm-hmm. I think that things would turn out a heck of a lot better. That's, that's right. Who can talk to us? Who can talk to us more on education than than Mr. Arthur and Miss Rihanna? But we don't exactly. have that many educators there. Who can talk to us more on health care than Mr. Arthur, Dr. Hagney, and myself, right. and and right. and Mr. Arthur? I mean, we, I mean, excuse me, and, and uh, uh, you know, I'm talking about. Uh, Pastor Cooper, who is also healthcare, he's a psychologist. So we need that balance, but we don't have it. We have more attorneys right. there than anybody, mm-hmm. any profession. You, you, period. You, period. You, give me another. Give me another classic example. When they, when you're talking okay. about drug costs in these United States, and everybody know how ridiculous yes. that is. If you yes. look and see what elected people receive the most funds yes. from the pharmaceutical companies. I hope I don't yes. get this wrong. I saw the report last. I think uh, the uh, the uh, senator from South Carolina, the black senator, was number yes. one on funds. I hope I'm correct. I hope I don't check. For me. War, war, no, war not? War not? No, 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 no. no. Tim Scott, no. Tim Scott. Uh, Georgia. Tim Scott. Mm-hmm. No, Tim Scott. Tim, Tim Scott. Scott. Oh, oh, the, oh, check the, the, check the, the record. The, uh, I saw, the I saw Republican. The Republican one. Right. Yeah. I saw it last week. Quote me. I think he received the most money from pharmaceutical companies because on, he's on lots of yeah. those right. healthcare committees. I tell people, right. if you want to see why we pay the most cost of drugs in the United States, go look and see how much pharmaceutical companies give to all your elected officials up there, and then you'll understand why president will not and all that stuff won't stop. And it's crazy the cost of drugs. And people who are deciding what are they going to eat are not going to fill in prescriptions. We talking about those individuals in the church who can't pay for prescription, pay these ridiculous costs for prescriptions because pharmaceutical yes. companies know they can give the money to elected officials up there, and they're going to vote away. Well, I shouldn't say all that, but I'm right. sorry. 
That was that. <laughs> so, so then, so then, are you saying then that we need to get rid of all these lobbyists that are up there uh, working? Oh, um, go ahead, oh, Miss Rihanna. Look at the list of money. I think the report was a couple of weeks ago. Look at the money that all the elected officials up there receive from the pharmaceutical really? company. We know. And just, we you, know. You pull it we up know about and that big farmer, right? Yeah. So it's been look we've looked at it many times. Many times we've, yeah. Yeah. we've looked at it. And, and if you go look and see who those lobbyists are, they are ex-politicians. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, remember yeah. Eric Smith, everybody? Immediately became a lobbyist. All of them do. And yeah, yeah. and Donald Trump which, which said he was going to forbid say? that. Eric Cantor, the Speaker of the House, oh, yeah. former Speaker of the House, yeah. <laughs> as right, soon right, I mean right. the hot minute after he left, he yep. was a lobbyist yep. making multi-million dollars. Yeah. Well, and let me also yeah. point out, um, you know, when we talk about diversity, um, you know, we okay. have um, right now we we do have some regular folk in Congress to represent the regular folk. And by that, I don't mean Louis Gohmert because he represents the dumb and overpaid. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about um, look at who's there from the Republican Party. Marjorie Taylor Nazi Green and Laura uh, Gun-Toting, OnlyFans Paige Boebert versus um, uh, Cori Bush. Isn't that her last Mm -hmm. name? Yes, and all the experience that these people bring as well as a single mother uh, who Omar. fought her ALC. way through, yes, yes, all these people, and then, you know, so what values are you bringing to the table? Because I can tell you that Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert also are, you know, their, their decisions and, and uh, experiences are, um, are enhanced by and uh, informed by their values and their faith. But same for Ilyan Omar, same for AOC. Um, so that's in this too. You know, we didn't, we didn't altogether leave the religion question when we went here. Um, right. Because that's, that's the point. Um, in my opinion, uh, my answer to the question would be that there's a big difference between your values being informed by your um, religious faith and your relationship with God and, and all of that uh, and your political decisions being motivated by your faith insofar as the political motivations of your church. I think those are just two totally different things. And I hope that made sense. I probably didn't say it exactly, but like John F. Kennedy Jr. said um, about his Catholic faith, and there's a, a beautiful quote on it, but the gist of it is, you know, I'm a Catholic. Everything I do is informed by that, but you know, I am who I am. The decisions that I make will not have anything to do with the Catholic Church or, you know, my my personal faith, you know, in that way. Um, but, you know, who I am is informed by that. So there's just a, a difference when people say, uh, for example, you know, I, I might be influenced by the fact that as a, you know, as a person – who is a Christian and who understood who Jesus was and what Jesus 
actually said and did, I would be uh, more inclined to believe my political motiva- my political decisions would be motivated by that insofar as I care about poor people and I care about people who need health care. So, of course, you know, I'll, I'll vote that way. But that's, that's much different from this big megachurch is giving me tons of money to go say vaccines don't work and, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Sure. Very good point. Well, you look back okay. at the question that uh, Dr. McKellar posed, and that was, do we allow these people to come forth, and do they bring their own uh, uh, thoughts and morals? The answer is absolutely. They, they don't come to us yeah. with a blank slate. By the time they're 17, 18 years of age, which in uh, Southeast Texas, we have the youngest uh, uh, school board member ever elected to office in the state of Texas. He's 18 years of age. Uh, and, and a lot of people won't take credit for that, but they just were announcing what happened here in Southeast Texas. But even at that age, he still brings to the table a certain what we would call a, a vein block of or marble effect uh, mm-hmm. of his ancestors and his religion and his background, ethnicity. All of that plays a part. So, yes, yes. we want to know uh, uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. that he's Catholic because a lot of the Catholics I know in the South, uh, most of them are Republican because of one question, one issue, yes. and that, that's they're pro-life. Yeah, and, and so mm-hmm. even though they think it's horrific when I have the private conversation with them about ancestry, uh, incest, and, and race Amen. and things like that, yeah, uh, they they just kind of bow their head and, and, and go into mm-hmm. the corner. But at the same time, they support our ex-president. They support the Speaker of the House. They support. The, uh, because they are pushing, you know, a lot of people say we um, have to choose our poison, you know, and, and decide what, what's going to. So they're more pro-life than they are to assist in those other issues and, and oh well. Yes. Yes. So Very yes. Good. we need to good, expose that. We need to expose that. Good point. Yeah. And someone mentioned mentioned Cory Booker. Excuse me. Cor- well, we didn't mention Cory Booker, but we could. We can. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Cora Bush, uh, she is a registered mm-hmm. nurse. I don't know if you guys, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Eddie, yeah. Ber- Eddie Bernice Johnson was the first registered nurse yeah. to serve in Congress. Uh, and uh, so, and and Cory Booker is one. And, and so I keep saying Cory Booker because you know he is on the brain, really. But Cory Bush, Cory as Bush. well as the right. the young lady out there in, I think she, I can't remember. She's in, uh, she's not in Michigan. She is in Indiana, somewhere out there. A black female who is also a nurse in the house. But uh, but speaking of the pro life, uh, uh, Pastor Cooper. Uh, Democrats need to make sure that people know that they are pro-life as well, right. and, uh, and and they're pro-life in the wound, and they're pro-life out yeah. of the wound as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the um, streets, so in their in homes, the, that's yeah. what I'm in, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> exactly. They're, yes, yes. We think about uh, people that uh, Texas is noted for uh, um, electrocuting people. Uh, uh, putting uh, something mm-hmm. in their veins and taking them away, and so we're we're right. pro life for that uh, that as well. And so someday we'll we'll have a discussion and a subject on that. But um, well, well put. Pro life running in my own neighborhood. Exactly. I mean, he, he looked like he fit in that neighborhood he was running in. He had on the right shoes and and doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll think about that one that just. Uh, then we have somebody that just had a traffic stop, 
and ended up losing his uh-huh. life. I think. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And, and, and the one thing, uh, another one bites the dust. But here's what, what what people got to. They have to do this, and that is to comply with whatever. Even when you comply, sometimes and we think mm-hmm. about uh, the young lady that shot through her house, and and she was in inside of her room, and and just and and lost her. her life. Well, yes, we understand. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so, uh, oh no, 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 when you um, a different a different young lady. Yeah. Uh, right. The girl but who you, was in her bed and her niece was over. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's yeah. the one I was, that we had reference to. You can be killed right in your own home and yeah. just minding your own business, but you certainly you cannot resist when you're out there in in the public. But here's here's what I learned. I, as everybody know, I went to um, I went to the uh, policeman's convention in Orlando, Florida, uh, almost uh, two weeks, I guess, ago, and. Um, and so what definitely that you can do is if you're ever stopped that you can say to that officer, uh, please get your supervisor on the phone. I want your supervisor to be a part of this so that mm-hmm. everybody, they can hear uh, what is mm-hmm. going on with this traffic stop. And I didn't realize, I didn't realize that or know that until or never even thought of anything like that mm-hmm. until it was brought out in one of the, one of the meetings. So, right. mm-hmm. and take I'm going to let Arthur test that. Arthur to test that first. Yeah. Let, let's let Arthur test that theory. I think I already tested it. <laughs> you already tested it? Did, did it work for you, Ms. Arthur? Well, I'm still here. Hey, 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 that's a good way to that's a good way to look at it. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, let me say this. Let me say this. It's one thing about about the whole religion thing. Look, uh, being good is being good it, it, with or without religion. You see what I'm saying? That's it. That you don't necessarily right. need to be religious or whatever to be good. Right. You know, you know, right. you know what good is and what bad is. And so, you know, so I'm not gonna let folks off the hook because they're not religious. You know exactly. what I mean? They just, you know, again, again, like I say, you know, good is good. Everybody know what good is. And in most religions, good is, a, is the same thing. It's the cultural stuff that makes that makes it different. You know, just mm-hmm. like the Arabs, they can, you know, we call it pedophilia. Over there, it's just regular, you see what I'm saying? You know, they're married a 12-year-old. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just depends on the culture. You know that makes a difference, but 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 basic good is good no matter what you know. What I see in most religions, it's pretty, it's pretty much the same, except for the cultural part. Well, if, <clears> if, <throat> if, if you if you think back to um, if you think at least they married married her. I'm not. I think somebody brought out incest a few minutes ago. I believe it was a, a Pastor Cooper that brought out incest, which is entirely differently from saying marriage. Because I can remember that when uh, back back during the days of our ancestors. Uh, they got married at 13 and and right. 14 years of mm-hmm. age because by the time because they, they their school only went to the sixth grade or the seventh grade or the right. eighth well, say the eighth grade right. they went to the they eighth grade done. and one and there you go they were done mm-hmm. so the next thing they did was their their fathers helped them to get married to somebody so um, mm-hmm. so yes you're right that long. is in their Exactly. Life well, that's why social security—that's yeah. why social security started at age sixty-five for the simple reason that yeah. by sixty-four, living that long. sixty-four, they, they were dead. 
they were dead and gone. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's why Johnson set up six ages, 65 to, for retirement and Social Security. So you're absolutely uh, correct. Okay. Which my parents so, died 55 and 61 years of age because they worked themselves wow. to death. Poor health care. Wow. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. See? Mm-hmm. Health care. Mm-hmm. Poor health care. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, we was there. I remember. Of course, we had our own medicine. We had our own little thing. We had our little trickerations and things that we knew how to do to get by. But, yeah. Well, and our people perished for lack of knowledge, too. Even when health care was accessible, we didn't know to do certain things, you know. Uh, by, by the, by the, in the 60s and 70s, you know, they were already 30 and 40 or what have you. And, and they're living. And then by the 80s and 90s, when we hear this thing about, hey, brush your teeth, hey, go get a checkup, hey, go go floss, floss, what's this floss thing? You know, and you got a tablet that you brush your teeth right, you know. And, and then you find well, yourself, you, you're trying to do the right. Uh-huh. Well, when you say yeah, accessible, you try, remember now, right. you, you, you'd have a job, but you'd have a job, you get accessible, though. Or, you know, they wouldn't right, like right, right, all well, I mean, my my family. I mean, we, we had multiple jobs. We were Jamaican. We had four and five jobs. But my point is, yeah, but 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 our people perished for lack of knowledge. We we didn't know those sure. things. We didn't we we didn't have a dentist like my kids. My kids grew up with a dentist. They they don't know that their kids still to this day uh, they're just capping their teeth. They're, they're not uh, uh, doing the right things to prevent that. The, the preventive medicine, mm-hmm. like uh, Dr. Agnes always mm-hmm. talking about. We, we're not, we didn't do those things back then, you know. Uh, I didn't have a dentist. I, I woke up. I went. I was in a clinic. Wow. Uh, I went in. There's there's no room for a tooth to come in. Nobody talked about braces. They talk about removal. So I wake up. Mm-hmm. I, I lost two teeth. You know. I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Hold on. What's going on? It hey, to, it was speaking of braces, Mike. Mike, Mike, you remember when they? Uh, you remember when they when they made uh, braces? You know, available for you know kids on welfare and so forth. And then the doctor started, and then the dentist, and then the dentist started exploiting that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You, interesting, you mentioned that we we we're working on a uh, really a book publication along with uh, your pastor Robinson there at Texas College, who's written a lot of books in history. What we're looking at is yeah. writing. He's doing some research on really writing about health care from slavery all the way today. Mm-hmm. Very little. What you all are talking he's about and everything. Yeah, so he, he's actually working on that. So even that book, if all I had been thinking, I would have. I'm going to have to bring him on. If I had been thinking, I would have brought him on our show for tonight, uh, oh, and, and let that. him be part of our dialogue. That would have been great. But he's he's a brilliant. But, but this is what I really appreciate about Dr. Robinson. Dr. Robinson was a professor at Abilene Christian University. He graduated from Abilene Christian University. And then wow. he said, uh, he says, I, oh, he's brilliant. And he said, I, I want to go back and give back to my own community, the community that gave to me so that I could go to Abilene Christian University and all these other universities that he attended, the predominantly white universities. Uh, Abilene is, a, is a, a Church of Christ university. And so then he came back and he came to Southwestern Christian College, and then he, and, and, and he worked there for a very long time, uh, educating young black minds there because that's the HBCU. And now he's at Texas College uh, educating young black minds. He says, now, I, don't, I, I want to educate anybody and everybody that sits in my classroom. But by the same token, he came back to an HBCU because he said, I want to give back 
to the community that gave to me. Now, I thought that was brilliant. So we'll have to bring him on and let him uh, talk to us uh, a little bit, and we can carry on with the continuation of of this. uh, Like I said, he's a brilliant uh, historian, and he knows, and Dr. Hagney can tell you, he knows history like the back of his hand. Brilliant man. Okay. All right. Well, I think that we've dealt beautifully uh, with that subject. It's 9.42. Uh, we can move on a little bit more to um, to some of the other uh, questions and things that we wanted to um, to deal with um, on tonight. And I, I think uh, one of uh, another one of the things was, um, oh, I think someone mentioned this a little while ago that I think that Miss Rihanna said God is not is nowhere in the Constitution, uh, and she's right or whomever said that. So, uh, so, but then we always hear that this country was built on Judeo Christian religion. So, I guess my question is: Was our country built on religion by <laughs> its founders? <laughs> was that you, Miss Rihanna? Said. <laughs> The answer yeah. is, the answer is, is not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is what, Mr. Arthur? The answer is yes. The answer, the answer is yes. They gave him the Bible yep. and a disease. <laughs> a Bible and a disease. Okay. Uh, but Thomas but Jefferson also, cut the, uh, Thomas Jefferson had his, his own Bible. He cut out the uh, uh-huh. spiritual things of God. Out of the Bible, and it's called the Jefferson Bible, and he believed that Jesus was nothing but more than a great prophet and a great man of God, no more. Okay. Yeah, well, that was him. We're talking about them pilgrim people. I understand what I'm saying. Yeah, but, but everyone used religion, but but they were not religious at all. They they were not of great faith. They were. They used a tool. Again, you said it earlier, brother Arthur. They used a tool. To, to justify their racist behavior. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. well, I, I want yep. you guys to know that since we're talking about uh, our Constitution and all that, I, I think it's Democratic Party uh, who has the opinions of uh, about the uh, roles of, of churches and religion in politics, and I believe it, it's more Democrats that say we should uh, keep out of the political process. Yes. I believe that. Church I state. believe I'm, I'm correct. Mm-hmm. That, that is correct. Oh, okay. Okay. Separation of church and state. They, they push it the most. Mm-hmm. They push it the most to mm-hmm. keep the uh, mm-hmm. state and church mm-hmm. separate. Which, which is that's the reason why, why I, I say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how, yeah, right. But, but you know what? It, it's not complicated, though, because you can't have one without the other. The, the, uh, and that's what reason why I believe the Democrat, and I'm trying to preserve my comments until after November, but I believe that's why <laughs> the Democratic Party is failing right now because yeah. of those types of beliefs and statements. And yeah, okay, there you go. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till after November. I, 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 I have to say that that I agree with you. 
uh, Pastor Cooper. And and the other thing that we don't do, we we don't wag our tails about all the great things that we're doing uh, to help people. And I think that right. the Democratic Party is really trying to say is that we're not discriminating against anyone, any person, period. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that we're just not. And so, uh, but but it's. I think it's coming across uh, in the fact that it's saying, well, we're not religious people. Uh, religion is not important to us, and and that's really not true either. You have to. If, right. if there's no way that that you're going to care about people and what happened to them and their well-being, education, health care, and all the things that you want them to have, equality for all mankind, if you didn't have some great values. And where did you learn those values from? You learned those values from your ancestors, your parents, your grandparents, and all of those mm-hmm. that are your no pastor. longer here. And where did, your yeah, priest. And where did they learn that yeah. from? They learned it That's from right. the scripture. They learned from the that's right. yeah. so You just that's, lost that's half right. your party. Since I'm trying not to say, yeah. you just lost half your party when you speak like that. Well, so there, there's exactly. so many that, that so you, yeah, you, you've crossed the the, the the great divide, and and we won't, we can't offend anyone. And matter of fact, on this radio show about eight months ago, we we talked about transgender, and it's a hot topic mm-hmm. right now. Uh, yeah. You know about. The, the, there's some scriptures that talk about people being a weaker vessel, uh, right. you know, and, and and so you lose people, and then we have people that sit out. We have people that that won't get motivated. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. people that's confused. Yeah. We have people, you know, well, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and we have yeah. instability. Yeah, democratic party. Mike, I'm not running. The Democratic Party, they treat its base like a booty call late night. He couldn't find another way to describe <laughs> that, that he had to use wow. that. <laughs> he couldn't, he could, he's so smart, but he couldn't find another way <laughs> to get his right. point over there. Uh-uh. I, I, I was I, 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 I,
even think that because a lot of people they're not gonna go into all the details. They're gonna remember mm-hmm. you just saying you don't want you want you you don't want you want church separated. Now I tell you, you mm-hmm. just you just wipe mm-hmm. out a whole lot of black folks. There you yep. go. They don't care what there you, you say, what Lots you're gonna use. Right. I told I told I told, I told I told them I told the Democratic Party that once uh, not a couple of months ago. You know, you, you know, you guys need some. I don't know. Who, <laughs> well, just that, just that <laughs> conclusion, just that mm-hmm. conclusion, make no sense in America. I mean, I don't nope. care who you're trying to save, but you just lost the people been saving you. There you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, look go. down through. Look at your look at your history. You know, I'm talking about the Democratic Party, whoever this leadership yeah. is. You know, I think to a certain extent, I think I said the other day, I think they're forgetting they're black. <laughs> because you know, really, because you think when you say that you suffer, you you just turn a whole lot of people away, and you gonna knock that's on that door and say, "Vote for me." That's it. You know, that's it. You know, you, that's not they're, gonna happen. They're, they're not gonna hear it. They're not gonna hear you. They're not gonna hear it. They're not gonna hear it. You can't you can't explain nope, that. Nope. You can't explain that to anybody. Nope. You can't explain that to yourself. Anybody nope. else? Nope. nope. But just keep this in mind that churches cannot endorse people. Mm-hmm. Preachers cannot endorse, pastors cannot endorse from their pulpit or in representation of their church. But they can say who they're going to vote for. They can say that from their pulpit. They can say, even mm-hmm. if they have a 501c3 uh, connected to their church, yeah. they can say, I'm going to vote for Miss Rihanna for President of the United States. Or they can say, I'm going to vote for Pastor Cooper can say, I'm going to vote for Pastor Cooper for governor of Texas. But he can't right. tell his parishioners, you right. need to vote for me. But he can but, but but he can put his material out there in the foyer yep. that says Cooper for governor. He yep. can do that. And he can even say from mm-hmm. the pulpit, I'm running for governor of Texas. Correct. So you got to know what you can do with your 501c3 organization. You got to you got to know so that information information. Exactly. Well, mm-hmm. that, well, well, let me put it to you like this. Black predominantly black churches with a black pastor or preacher or whatever has to know what they can and cannot do. Now, now Miss Rihanna can tell you this. That pastor Dykes, yes. When he went, sent out a letter, a lot of them, saying, vote for Louis Gohmert, do not vote for <laughs> President Obama. And, and then he says, the people in Ghana uh, need to be killed because they were homosexuals and yeah. they were passing around AIDS. And Ms. Yeah. Rihanna could tell you, but he said he wrote the letter. Wow. And then I called him out on that. And he yeah. said, oh, Dr. McKellar, come on over here to my church and you can bring your material and you can have words to say, and we did. We went right on over there. It was about mm-hmm. 20 some of us, and we got mm-hmm. about probably 10 votes mm-hmm. out of there. And we went right on over there. They mm-hmm. were just as kind to us and yeah. had a little reception and the whole nine yards. We, all of us, showed up over there that Sunday morning. <laughs> but he wasn't uh-huh. supposed to do that. He knows he was not supposed to do that, but he could do that and get away with it. But I couldn't right. do it. Pastor Cooper couldn't do that and get away with Can't it. Can't do it. And his church Cannot do it. couldn't uh-huh. do it. No, sir. Mm-hmm. No, sir. Therein lies some of the differences that Mr. Arthur is mm-hmm. always talking about, and Miss Re- Rihanna. Entitlement. Mm-hmm. 
and just sense yeah. of entitlement. Yep. That's, that's why exactly you shouldn't right. do, and, and that's why I shouldn't be up in there like that. That's exactly why, because the mm-hmm. system that it operates in, like everything else, gonna give certain churches outsized power over other churches. So that's why right. you shouldn't do it. That's why it shouldn't be done. Okay. But we just had a local okay. pastor that refused to apologize because of that same type of rhetoric and, and all of that same type of behavior in a mega church in the, in, the, in Beaumont, Texas, almost 7,000 uh, members. Wow. And they have a few, wow. oh, yeah, a few blacks and minorities mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of mm-hmm. people, when he first got started, they, they liked this guy. You know, he was country and, you know, he, he, he could <coughs> relate the message to, to modern day. But he felt in, in, empowered when we received a, a certain type of president, and so he became a bully yeah. in the pulpit. And right. uh, what happens once you in your own environment and space, people forget this, is that you get so comfortable, you start saying the things that you say in private in public. There you go. And people like that all the time. There you yeah. go. And so there you go. they call, and it's all recording. I can give you the time and everything. Mm. And his deacon board, majority white, and white Republicans said, listen, you've gone too far. We've enjoyed you. Uh, we right. think like you, but you right. can't say that. And yeah. you mm-hmm. apologize for that. And he yep. doubled mm-hmm. down on his statement, did not apologize, in private agreed because he wanted to keep the $400,000 a year salary, mm-hmm. half a million dollar house, $40,000 mm-hmm. truck. He wanted to keep all of that intact. So he decided to go to a sensitivity class one time and said, forget this, I'm going to split the church and took half the church with him. So yeah. this wow. is the problem that we're living in right now. So we have to fight mm-hmm. all yeah, of that. And, and, and this guy went to the same seminary type I went to and all that. So, I mean, we we have to continue to fight the good fight. Continue on. That's it. That's yeah. it. Very good. Yeah. Boy, you guys have, you have dealt with these subjects tonight. Oh. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh myself I have learned a lot from listening to all the comments and and keep going with the great work out there in our community it's encumbered upon us to make sure we didn't we didn't get to everything we had I think we had a couple more things and I know Dr. Hackney was really wanting us to get to uh, uh, the state of black America and the border and and uh, the people trying to come across uh, uh, for, title, 42. Uh, title of 42 is that correct yes uh-huh come across into america we know we heard and saw on our news today yes that the mexicans mm-hmm. the cubans and the ukrainians yeah. are among the most prominent numbers that are coming across and then dr hagney wanted to make sure that we talked to, about the uh, haitians that are, are trying to come across so many people are trying to come across, and, and so we're going to take a look next time because it's, it's 9.56 now, so we'll take a look at um, next Monday night, take a look at, um, and we'll start out with that first so that we can cover uh, some of the people that have been trying to come across in this country and have come across, and um, and we, we think about uh, the war. We, we have someone here who's been part of the war, and so we know what it's like to be a uh, part and uh, participating in wartime and and we see all the things that are continuing to go on and our our hearts our hearts are are just heavy when we look at 900 and some men women and children and more women and children that have lost their lives just laying in the 
streets and shot down like rabbit dogs and uh, inhumane. Well, that's the that's where that value that we were talking about early mm-hmm. on, the values come in. There's no way that a person who is of any Christian dispensation, whether they're Protestant, Catholic, Baptist, whatever they are, there's no way that they would even think of doing this uh, to innocent people, doing it to anyone. You know, they just would not. And so that's those values uh, and principles that have been embarked into all of our lives that we carry with us, whether uh, you're running for a public office or not running for a public office. You're just being a good citizen uh, in your country. Mm-hmm. That's all I have. Uh, anybody have any final comments or anything? That we I, I just enjoyed and thank you so much for a beautiful show tonight. Just outstanding. Uh, any final comments for anybody before we turn it over to Miss Rihanna? Yes, uh, Resurrection Day. Pat, Pat, uh, today. Yes, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yesterday uh, was Resurrection Day, and I wanted to resurrect your hope right now. Uh, there, there's a, a, a new friend of mine, and in the 80s, he said, keep hope alive. And we need to resurrect your hope it. right now in, in, in yes, democracy. Sir. Thank you very much. Yes, 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 yes. sir. I stand in Dr. Hadley, quickly, Dr. Hadley. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. It's been fantastic. I enjoyed it. Thanks, right. guys. Very, very mm-hmm. good. Mr. Arthur. Just stay focused, y'all. Stay focused, because this is real. This is real. Very good. And so, so my final comment to you is that hold on tenaciously. Uh, change is coming. We need to have change, and we, we're encouraging uh, those people out there that are supporting uh, President, uh, uh, President Biden and uh, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, to, to just remember to put the work out there. Let people know what you've already done. People, many people have no idea of all the work that the Biden administration has done in the short period of time that they've been in office. So we appreciate them. And uh, just remember, keep hope alive. Thank you for that, uh, Dr. Ha- Dr. Uh, Pastor Cooper. And we'll see you all next week, and we'll turn it over to Ms. Rihanna. Good night, everybody. Good night. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one when the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. glory, glory, oh, glory, glory, hands to the heavens, no man, no weapon. Formed against, yes, glory is destined. Everyday women and men become legends. Sins that go against our skin become blessings. The movement is a rhythm to us. Freedom is like religion to us. Justice is juxtaposition in us. Justice for all just ain't specific enough. One son died, his spirit is revisiting us. True and living, living in us. Resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground, the camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day, when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day, 
for every man, woman, and child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles. From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego. The biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes It will be ours Good night. <laughs>